7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Yeah, today has been an absolutely phenomenal day for me. I, I couldn't be happier with the results, reaching my first uh, major quarterfinals. It's it's a really special feeling, and I think I played a really good match today against Riley. Um, I knew it was not going to be easy. I mean, he has a tremendous serve, and um, he's been playing really well and aggressively. And I think I handled the situation as good as I could, um, especially after a toughest set that didn't go my way. Um, but yeah, now I'm just looking forward to, to what's next. And, you know, Sasha Zverev is going to be a very tough opponent. Played him a few weeks back, uh, learned a lot from that match. Um, but I'm playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of belief. So um, I'm just looking forward to that match and seeing what I can do in the first quarterfinals I have. And that's a good evening from us. Thank you for staying with us here on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, Tabiso Musia, Velele Mnyandu is producing the show and KJ Butloko is in technical. We've opened with the clip from South Africa's Lloyd Harris, who is through to the quarterfinals of the US Open, one of eight men that are still standing in the men's singles there. And he's knocked out some big guns. Remember his first round match against Karen Kashanov, who was the 25th seed. Not many people gave him a chance. And then he also beat Denis Shapovalov, the seventh-seeded Canadian in the third round. And then in the round of 16, he knocked out America's number one, uh, Riley Opalka. So on a great run here is Lloyd Harris, and he plays uh, Olympic champion Alexander Severev of Germany tomorrow. And we thought we should highlight that and wish uh, Lloyd Harris all the best. He's been on the show a couple of times, never one that's too difficult to get hold of. So we hope that he does go even further than the quarterfinals here at the U.S. Open. But um, tonight on the show, we're going to look back at the Proteas' defeat to Sri Lanka in the third and final ODI today. They lost by 87 runs, meaning that they lose the three-match series 2-1. Sri Lanka had posted 203 for nine in their 50 overs, and you would have thought that the Proteas can get there. But they could only get to 125 in 30 overs. They were balled out for 120. 25 runs the Proteas and they have now not won an ODI series in two years under beleaguered coach Mark Boucher and um, SABC sport cricket analyst and commentator Mr. Aslam Kota will talk to us about that. When do we start to use the term chokers again guys? Because this was the decider. The Proteas have betted well in the first two matches of this series. I think they got 280 plus scores and when it matters the most that's when they don't perform. Hmm? The C word, does it come out? Or are we being too harsh? But anyway, before that, we want to touch on a story that we couldn't cover last night because we were live at the FNB Stadium for Bafana Bafana's impressive win over Ghana 1-0. We hope you enjoyed our broadcast there. So we want to find out what really happened in South America in the match between Brazil and Argentina this past weekend. It was stopped after just five minutes or so because Brazilian police and health officials invaded the pitch to arrest Four Argentine players, three of them were starting and uh, the health officials were claiming that these players had breached quarantine regulations and the game did not continue after that. It was called off and the look on the faces of Messi and Neymar said it all. If you saw those pics, they were gobsmacked by what was going on and it was a qualifier, a World Cup qualifier between Brazil and Argentina. So we're going to get into that shortly and then we'll also catch up with Amazulu. They will be making their debut in the CAF um, competitions this Friday night, this Friday afternoon. They host Malawi's Nyasa Big Bullets in the first leg encounter of the preliminary stage of the CAF Champions League. The winner here faces Tipi Mazembe. And the president, the Honorable Mr. Sandele Zunga, has agreed to talk to us about this historic moment for the club. So if you want to weigh in on any of our conversations tonight, the lines are open right now. You can send us your voice notes to 061 4104 
061-4104-107 or you can call us on 011-714-2006. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, let's start off by just trying to find out more about what happened in that match between Brazil and Argentina. And sports journalist Sam Street joins us on the line now. Sam, a good evening from us in South Africa. Thank you very much for being able to chat to us. Good evening. Thank you, Sam. Uh, unbelievable scenes we've witnessed here. Have you seen anything like that before in your time covering the game? No, I mean, I've seen a lot of things from South America in particular, but I've never, I've certainly never seen anything like that. I've never seen a government or health officials interrupt a game before. And and we know there were talks before the game about Brazil health officials not being happy with how the Argentines had responded to their quarantine restrictions and all of that. But could you have expected to see them storm onto the vault like they did? Um. Well, I mean, it's actually all started in England. Um, maybe there's a bit of a sense of unfairness from there for Brazil because mm-hmm. basically England has a red list. I think South Africa's on it. So I think Ghana players didn't go to mm-hmm. South Africa last night. Um, and all of South America's on it. So the Premier League said nobody should travel to the red list for internationals because you'll quarantine and miss Premier League games. And the whole world complied with the rules, including nine Brazil players, and then four Argentina players chose to get a private jet and they thought they could and they thought they could play. And then the Brazil Health Authorities said you can't you can't play, you should be in quarantine because the UK is on Brazil's red list. Um for whatever reason they decided to pick three of the players anyway. Um perhaps believing from Brazil's football association that they could that the players could play. And then the health authorities said, no, you still can't play, and then stormed onto the pitch to deport the players. So so you've mentioned that there were these restrictions from the UK. The Premier League had decided that clubs would not release the players. How did the likes of Aston Villa and Spurs then release their players for this match? So Aston Villa and Spurs didn't want to release their players. They, The players, I believe, got a private jet without the two clubs knowing. Uh-huh. And then once the players were already there, the clubs realised they couldn't do anything about it and said, OK, but come home before Argentina's final game, which is against Bolivia this week. And I think actually Tottenham are considering fining Romero and Lo Celso for going. And how has that decision by the English FA and the Premier League been received in your opinion, Sam? Because as you mentioned, even here in Africa, we're affected by it and most nations are not happy here. Um, yeah, we. Um, I guess for respective footballers, um, we think it's a bit more like you remember we had Champions League games played in different countries because most European countries have much bigger red lists last season and I guess we were hoping the situation would get a bit better with South America maybe the government could do a bit more to accommodate the to accommodate the players going over but yeah I think um, basically once the Premier League had decided that the players couldn't go it was assumed that all the players would stay in England. So then, just back to the game, what was the issue with the Brazilian health officials? Were the Argentines supposed to quarantine when they got to Brazil, or were they just not supposed to be there? Yeah, exactly. So the Argentines were supposed... Brazil has a red list like the UK, so the Argentines were supposed to quarantine in Brazil. Now, for some reason, the border police let these players through, and then the health authorities... Wrote, um, called a meeting with all the different football associations and said you will have to apply for an exemption for your players. Now, reports from Brazil say that Argentina 
did apply for an exemption mm. and 50 minutes before the game, the Brazilian health authorities said it was denied. And the reason they say it was denied is because they accused the four players of filling out incorrect information on their forms and not mentioning that they had been in the UK before. So there's the one thing, which is the quarantine, and there's the other legal issue of having entered the country on a form, on an incorrect form. So have they been allowed to leave? Yeah, everybody's been everybody's been allowed to leave now. The Argentina team left about, oh. I think, five hours after the match. And I think the England-based players, as agreed with the clubs, are now going to going to Croatia actually to their quarantine there before coming back to play for their clubs and the rest of the Argentina team are playing against Bolivia this week. And where does this leave the status of the match then, Sam? So that's the that's the interesting thing. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows what FIFA will decide. I think Argentina believe they should be awarded the match and the reason for that is because they understood that they had an agreement with um, Ball from South America, the, um, their version of UEFA, um, saying that um, athletes should be granted exemptions. So it was Brazil's responsibility to secure the exemptions. I think that might have stood, but Brazil will come back to the incorrect forms, um, which may lead them to say that if these players were trying to play illegally, then they shouldn't have been playing and maybe they should be awarded the match. And it might be that FIFA just decide to replay to replay the match, and of course, obviously, we had interesting situations in South America a few years ago when River Plate versus Boca Juniors um, was abandoned due to crowd trouble in the Copa Libertadores final, and they played mm-hmm. it in Madrid. So it could be that FIFA even want to try to you know sell the game around the world because it would be a fixture that many many people, I'm sure, even including in South Africa, would love to go and see. Yes, and I was about to ask, I mean, what impact does this have? Because this is one of the biggest games in, in, in the world. Millions are tuned in, actually, to watch this game. So surely FIFA can't be happy with this? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the time, the South American qualifiers, I'm sure, in South Africa, the same as England, happened very, very late at night for us. And the kickoff time was moved to for England 8 p.m. at night. So I assumed that lots and lots of people around the world would be watching and that's the impression they end up getting of South American football. So obviously it's yeah, very embarrassing for Brazil and Argentina and the South American Association. And I've just got a question here on social media. Somebody who wants to know, Sam, from you, is the English FA not acting in isolation by, by imposing these restrictions on players travelling to these countries? So that's a very good question, actually. Um, to an extent, it is because FIFA said we want the players to come and play regardless. So, it could be, if it ended up in court, maybe the players couldn't even be couldn't even be fined. Um, but as I say, once the clubs and the Premier League had agreed, uh, most of the players did abide by the rules, including um, I believe Mohamed Salah, who played in Gabon this week, but didn't play in Egypt before. So, I think if everybody had defied the rules, then the Premier League would have been in more trouble. But because only four players did, then their position is a lot more solid. Mm. Could there be any repercussions for the clubs from FIFA or for the English FA from FIFA? I think I think technically they potentially could. I don't know what they'd be. Oh. But I think with the power of the Premier League and the FA, I think they would be able to work something out with FIFA and maybe they'd even... And I mean, if it went to the highest extent, then the UK government would probably get involved as well. So, 
Yeah, okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, so to confirm then, these, these players, Buendia um, at Aston Villa, as well as the goalkeeper, Emi Martinez and Giovanni Lasso and uh, Romero, are going to miss this weekend's matches in England, definitely. So, yes, they are going to come back. They're going to go to Croatia on yeah. Monday. Uh, sorry, they went to Croatia and they're going to miss this weekend's fixtures. Um, if they were in England, then they would have to stay in a quarantine hotel for 10 days. So they're in Croatia for 10 days instead and they'll be back for the next match. Has there been any word from their clubs since they travelled against the, 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 the Premier League's request not to travel to these countries? Yeah, so there's the rumours Tottenham um, might find their two players. And the Aston Villa CEO has actually come out and said he's never seen anything like that match before. And oh. it makes him think It makes him think very carefully about whether he'd want to release players to play in South America again. Whew, okay, that's a harsh one. Okay, Sam, thanks for the update. We just wanted to find out what exactly went on here. Thanks for your insight and for joining us here in South Africa. There's been a lot of interest in this story, as you would expect. Thanks for speaking to us. Thank you. Sam Street writes on Twitter. That's where you can follow him. Sam Street writes one word on uh, Twitter. And uh, yeah, you can follow him for the latest on what's happening in Brazil. It is unbelievable. If you haven't seen the pictures, try and, and look at it for yourself. I mean, the game is on. It's Brazil and Argentina. It's a World Cup qualifier in Brazil. And then the police just storm onto the pitch, health officials onto the pitch, and the game is stopped. It stopped for about an hour. And you can see Messi and Neymar, they're trying to, to hide what they are saying to each other, but they are shocked by what is going on and never seen anything like that. And the game was stopped and the game didn't continue. And what a big game it was. Brazil up against Argentina. And for it to be to be a farce like that, I think there's no, there's no other word to use. It was a farce. It was really a shame to not be able to watch that game. So let's see what FIFA and Conmebol will decide now going forward. Do you award the points to Brazil? Do you replay the game? Surely you replay the game? I would think so. Okay, we're going to move on right now. We're going to speak to the president of Amazulu, uh, Mr. Sandile Zungu. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Well, like they say in KZN, Pakistan, Pakistan, Pakistan. But they're going to start at home. Amazulu playing in the Kev Champions League on Friday afternoon against Nyasa Big Bullets from Malawi. And if you follow them on social media, you'll have seen that there was a company that gave them um, luggage bags, basically, for their Kev exploits and uh, the rest of the exploits for the rest of the season. But to highlight this important and historic moment for the club, we are joined on the line by the president of Amazulu, Mr. Sandile Zungu. Good evening, president, and thank you very much for being able to speak to us tonight on SAFM. Uh, good evening, and good evening to the SAFM listeners. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, president. How big or important a moment is this for the club, playing continental football? It's a very big development. Um, remember, Amazulu is the oldest team in the DSTV PSL. And yet we are going to play outside of South Africa on a competitive basis for the first time since our founding in 1932. And if you compare us to other teams like Kazu Chiefs, Pirates, Sundowns, Supersport, you name them, they've been into the continent plenty of times. So for us, it's a very significant um, milestone um, accomplishment to just step out to play competitive soccer. Mm. They were very, very excited about it. 
And I guess it will also put brand Amazulu on the map as far as the continent is concerned. It's very important that um, people begin to see um, Amazulu compete with with the best in their own countries, in their places. And they begin to say, um, this team has got some character. Um, So if we are endeavoring to become one of the largest brands in the country, um, we've got to be counted among the best outside of the country. And if we want to be a global brand, uh, we've got to to dominate in Africa. And uh, that journey starts now. And President, it's not even a year since you actually took over the club. I mean, where was a Champions League or continental football in the list of targets? And would you say you've exceeded that expectation already? Uh, first of all, I must express my um, deep and very heartfelt gratitude to the players mm. for turning up and for competing and for having their names counted, um, as well as the technical team for really buying into the vision. The vision was very simple. We want to be in the top four. Mm. Um, people think we wanted to be number four. We wanted to be in the top four. So being number one, number two, number three, or number four was um, in our broad uh, target. But most importantly, um, you know, to represent South Africa, to carry South Africa's hopes, and to hoist our flag uh, in continental uh, football uh, through the Champions League or Confederations Cup uh, was definitely not uh, top of mind. But um, it became quite obvious halfway through our campaign that this was possible. Um, And we began to uh, salivate um, at the prospect of um, competing against Tipi Mazembe, competing against uh, mm-hmm. Al Ahli, um, and um, and other formidable brands in the continent, and um, and that's uh, you know not something that we dreamt of, but we worked very hard for, and we definitely uh, are in great company now. Yes, indeed. And then, will you have any expectation then in uh, continental football this season, President, now that you are in this company? Let's let's not make any mistake. We're not there to add to the numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are realistic. Now, it's the first time we feature. Um, It's a closed book. Um, You know, we will have sent analysts to analyze the games of competition and opposition. Uh, but until you enter that platform and field, um, it's then that you begin to uh, size yourself and measure yourself up against uh, your peers. Uh, so we will obviously want to go beyond uh, the early rounds and go into the group stages. And once you're in the group stages, anything is possible. Um, and um, and you know, we pray that uh, we make it to the group stages. Um, like I said, uh, once we get there and the form will sustain us, anything is really possible. Anything is possible. We believe that uh, the, the, the team we have has got very formidable um, players who are out there to prove themselves, uh, who have a real prospect of becoming the dream team of Amazulu uh, in the Amazulu history. Um, and uh, smelling those accolades, uh, hopefully, will carry them into the 
better performance in the Champions League. For those who are just joining us, we're in conversation with the president of Amazulu Football Club. That's the president, Sandele Zungu, ahead of their first match in the KEF Champions League. They are up against Nyasa Big Bullets of Malawi. They host the first leg on a Friday. It's the first time that Amazulu will be playing continental football less than a year since uh, the president took over the running of the club. You're welcome to send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107. If you have any questions, that's 061-4104-107, or you can call Call us on 011-714-2006. And President, are you then happy with the squad that you have uh, now that you'll be competing in CAF and also in the league uh, or also domestically? Would you Do you think you've bolstered enough for the road that lies ahead? We think we've got a very good squad, very balanced from the goalkeeping department all the way to the, fr- to, to the front line, uh, to the strikers. Um, we think we've got uh, depth, we are balanced. Um, and um, once the players gel in this new campaign, mm. I think you'll appreciate that uh, we may not have um, superstars that uh, other teams uh, have. If we did, uh, then you'll have seen a lot of our players in Bafana Bafana. So we've got quite um, you know, a long stretch to, 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 to accomplish to, to be, uh, you know, in, among the household names. But um, sometimes it's better to have uh, players who have got something to, 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 to prove and to show and who are prepared to play as a team than to distinguish themselves as superstars and to win in campaigns like we have, are faced with. Um, you'll notice that um, in, the, um, in the pre-season, uh, we we managed to get some of the accomplished names in defence. Uh, we've got some really great names in the midfield. Um, we have uh, you know uh, uh, full recoveries in the striking force. I mean, uh, Majoro and Tuli, um, Andre De Jong, uh, Spadam Tendul, and with the you know the wingers who can deliver uh, goals like Manela. Mulenga. Um, we, we've got a formidable front line, and we've got people like Maduna, Stebe. Um, now we have Buchanan, we have uh, Pule Ekstein, uh, we have Mata Sisse. The Gambian. Just, just, to ma- yeah, just to mention a few. These are really good players. Um, mm. South Africa will be quite uh, pleased um, once um, all these international uh, uh, breaks. Uh, have stopped interrupting the the, the local campaign. Um, mm. we, of course, we were not uh, complaining. We we were happy, especially Bafana is doing well. Um, and so, but once our campaign get, gains momentum, you'll see that we've got real depth of good quality. And on that note, President, before we go to the voice note, how does recruitment work at Amazulu? Does the coach suggest what he wants? So, do you give the coach the budget to work with? Um, Benny, Benny MacArthur's um, voice and word on uh, recruitment, um, um, you know, has carried a lot of, of weight. No, I, I don't like the idea of finding players that the coach may argue that look, they're not in his plan. Mm. Uh, whose pocket does it have? Ultimately, it had um, my pocket. 
So to avoid that, I get the coach involved. Um, I, I found Benny to be very matured when it comes to recruitment. Very matured. Um, and there have been instances where he says, look, I want this player. Bring him in for, for, for training. Um, let's assess him. And he turns around and says, actually, he's not going to give me what I want. Uh, he's not better than what I have in my team. So I don't want to waste um, the, the, the team's money. Uh, bringing in something which I already see is possibly going to be excess uh, baggage. Um, and then we keep on trying. But his word, yes, counts for a lot. Um, the, the general manager and the rest of the technical team, and even ourselves as, uh, as the, the, the directors, are able to say, hey, um, we think that person has got something to offer. What do you think? Because, yeah, I've got a, I share the sentiment. Okay, fine, bring him in for, for, for assessment. Um, and so all the players that we have, uh, Tatius, uh, you name them. Mm. Um, Bunene, Bukanan, um, Zulu. You know, uh, Zulu. Um, all of them <laughs> have, have uh, there have been iterations of how they, they just they didn't just land. Um, and no one, I'm, I'm always happy to subject myself to uh, a collective kind of this discussion around who needs to come into the team. And also the same argument goes with who needs to be let go. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very, um, call it a consultative process. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, this thing is, 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 is bigger than just me. Um, it's bigger than Benny. It's bigger than um, the general manager. You know, we, want, we all want, there's one that we share. We all want to see Amazon succeed. Uh, it's going to be good for my brand. It's going to be good for Benny's brand. It's going to be good for GM's brand. All of us want to develop and to, to, to be seen as successes from this. So it starts with us working together. Um, and uh, so far, so very good, I must say. Okay, let's hear what the people have to say. The voice notes coming in on 0614104107. We're in conversation with the president of Amazulu, President Sandele Zungo, ahead of their Kef Champions League clash against Nyasa Big Bullets of Malawi on Friday. Evening, the member Tulani from Holland. Congratulations to Amazulu for playing the Kef Champions League. I wish them all the best with all what they got. I think they will proceed, go through the first round. Great experience for the club. I hope they go all out and get to the group stages. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate those sentiments. Okay, we've got another one. Uh, good evening, uh, Tabiso. Uh, my greetings also to the president of Amazulu, Mr. Zungu. Uh, how psyched are the players of Amazulu after? having started badly in inverted commas recently in the MTN8. Are they well psyched for the coming game against against the Malawians? Thank you. Modus Vendi, Emalasheni in the Eastern Cape. Grieving Tatitabiso, grieving to the president of Amazulu and then the team behind the show, not forgetting the loyalistness of sport on on SAFM. Mr. President, Amazulu has a record of being the oldest DSTV club. Nevertheless, 
why can't we see Amazul also placing a bid for probably Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, etc.? You understand? Besides, when should we expect Amazulu to win the African Champions League? It's Bram Moro in Bloemfontein. Hey, the expectations are high here, President. That's what happens when you finish second and qualify for the Champions League. Now you must sign the likes of Ronaldo. He wants to know how big the pockets are. <laughs> yeah, well, um, look, let's start with the the, the, the psyche and mm. the mental preparedness of our players. Mm. Um, they were very disappointed to be knocked out of the NTN Cup, but that is now way behind us. Uh, we played well against Memele de Sundowns. Um, it was disappointing to come out smarting with a loss. Uh, but we played well. Um, we played well against Morocco Swallows. But uh, of all the teams in the PSL, we think we, we are the ones who have had a baptism of fire. Um, you know, we've played um, very tough matches. Are we complaining? No. Um, you know, wanna be champions, wanna be victors. Uh, don't complain um, at how the matches are stacked. Unless, of course, if we play one after another every second day then of course fatigue certain but i mean uh, no no game is easy in the psl um we have learned from the, the outcomes of the last three games and we think we are well prepared for the challenge on friday um we are well psyched uh, players understand exactly what the game on friday means uh, they are not demoralized not at all the spirit is very high in the team. There's competition for the starting lineup, um, and they're doing very well at training. You know, even the technical team uh, understand what this game on Friday really means. Uh, so we are very excited. We think uh, we'll compete. Um, we are almost sure of victory on Friday. Um, regarding the depth of the pockets, of the pockets. Um, we, we we are sufficiently prepared to make Amazon a great team. Uh, we know exactly it means we have to compete in the transfer market. Um, and uh, that's all I can tell you, that uh, we, we will be able to compete. Um, as for, uh, you know, when we're going to win the Champions League, mm. um, we have... Uh, our uh, intentions to be one of the greatest brands in, in soccer uh, come the year of our centenary, which is in 2032. So mm-hmm. when you celebrate 100 years on the 1st of October 2032, uh, it's it's basically 11 um, soccer seasons, including this one. So we have a, a full decade to to accomplish great things. Mm. Uh, but it starts with, um, you know, the the eleventh uh, season, which is this season. It started with the twelfth season, which was last season, as some kind of um, a warm up towards greatness. So we think the decade prior to our centenary um, is going to be a decade where Mazulu, uh, you know, comes alive, where Mazulu will be counted, and uh, it means we have to prepare budgets. For, for that, uh, we have to uh, not only talk about signing players, but we've got to build the brand, we've got to mobilize the supporters. Hopefully, COVID will be over very shortly. 
and hopefully we can then show that uh, Amazon games are possibly the most patronized and the most um, uh, well attended, the best attended games uh, in local soccer. And that's when people are going to realize that uh, um, behind the the big veil of uh, COVID lockdowns, mm. we've been working hard on 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 the ground and mobilizing and infusing our supporters, which is a very important column in the fight for greatness. Okay, wonderful. So the president is not panicking after this lukewarm start to the season? Not at all. Um, we, we're not panicking. You remember last season, uh, after six games, um, we had, um, uh, after seven games, we had six points. After seven games, we had yes. six points. And uh, we had not participated in the NTN Cup. And um, we won the third quarter, um, you know, uh, in, in the last season. Um, we won, we got uh, coach of the, of the season. Uh, we, we won goal of the, uh, of the month. We won player of the team of the month. Mm. Uh, and all of this did not happen in the first two games. Uh, the first six games were basically uh, very, not only lukewarm, were pathetic. Mm. Um, so we're, we're not saying that um, to achieve greatness must must start so uh, in, in a lukewarm fashion. But um, we we we're getting ourselves up for that. And in the in the 16 teams in the PSL, none has has earned maximum points. None. None has, none has got six points. Uh, so if you if you think about it, uh, all of us have got uh, a lukewarm start. I mean, if you look, compare us to the English Premier League, uh, some teams have got maximum points out of the first three or four games. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, we all must complain that uh, we've had a, a, a lukewarm start. So, but we we we're not going to achieve greatness by pointing fingers at others. Um, when we look at ourselves, we appreciate that we could have done better. But uh, to Amazon faithful, wherever they are, they must know that uh, we mean well. Um, we're going to compete this season. This season may be our season. Oh, this season may be your season. Okay, let's take one more voice note for the president of Amazon. Uh, good evening, Kabi. So, not forgetting you, uh, Mr. Nyando, my comrade, comrade. Um, I, I don't know much about South America football. I mean, this is in response to what had transpired between Brazil and Argentina. Is it not the fact that Argentina is just mesmerized? Okay, apologies for that. Uh, we have moved on from that. I think that was... Butimkong, uh, if I know your voice correctly, I think that was you. Let's see if we've got another voice note here. Uh, we are speaking to the president of Amazulu ahead of... So then, president, what would be... Uh, I don't want to ask this, but what would be the expectations for this season now that you finished second last season in the league? Now, look, um, we, we, we want to, to improve on our performance last season. Um, for example, if you look at the goals we considered, I think we considered 23 goals. Um, and yet we have uh, Bafana Bafana uh, goalkeeper as our number one. Mm. 
um, will impress upon him to consider less decisions. Um, so far, we've considered only one goal out of uh, the two, uh, the two out of the two games. Um, we finished with 54 points, and we came number two in the in, in this in the league. Um, we'd like to earn to get more points. Whether we finish number two, um, or even number three, or number one, we'd like to get more points. And um, if you look at our performance against the local uh, Guazan Natal teams, against mm. Marisberg United and, 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 and uh, Arrows, mm. I think we got five points out of um, 12. Um, we should have got more. Uh, let's aim for more. Out of the selected teams, uh, Swallows, Pirates, and, um, and um, Pirates, out of 18 points, I think we got uh, seven points. Um, we need to measure our success vis-a-vis those um, territories. You know how how better we're doing, and then before you realize, then we've actually added the whole uh, season. We've got more got more points. Uh, so to say we'll be number one or number two um, is is still too early to say. Uh, but um, there's no question about it that um, we'll love to dethrone uh, Mamelodi the Sundowns this season. Okay. Uh, whether it's going to happen or not, um, you know, only God knows. But um, we would like to improve on our performance of last season. And the only way to improve besides points is from number two to number one. But thanks for joining us, President. Uh, we appreciate the time you've given us. And we wish you all the best in continental football. I see also the partners have come through, Mitsubishi Motors. We saw the, the luggage partner also coming through. So it looks like the success on the field is also bringing success off the field, which is good to see. But we wish you all the best. I'm sure we'll catch up again during the season. Thank you so much, uh, Tabiso, for, for inviting me. And um, we'll always be available to, to, to answer to you. Thank you, President. Go out there and get the jerseys if you support Amazulu. They are in continental football this season. doesn't get bigger than that, and they need all the support that they can get. Hopefully the stadiums will be open soon too, so that people can really go and cheer on Usu too. It's a pity that since the President took over that there will be no fans in the stadium, and I will be interested to see the kind of fans that would now be supporting Amazulu because I know a couple of people in Durban that have been asking me for an Amazulu jersey but I keep telling them go buy nothing for Mahala go support the club and buy but it's a younger crowd now that is starting to identify with Usutu which is good to see we want to talk cricket now we've got hold of Mr. Aslam Kota